If you're transitioning into professional photography, then you'll want to listen in on this tip-packed episode with Jessica Lene. She's taken her years of knowledge as a professional wedding photographer and created an education platform to help the newbie photog go professional. With tangible advice and resources, this is an episode you definitely don't want to miss. Welcome to the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I'm Jen Bays. And I'm Sabrina Chapman. And, and we're, we're your, your hosts host this season. season. We're so excited about this season and all the incredible guests we've had on. This season, we are diving into several topics with various professional photographers across the nation. From talking about the importance of balance to successful mini sessions, building a national brand, and more. Our goal was for you to walk away with tangible tips, inspiration, and resources to grow your own photography business. So grab your emotional support water bottle or your favorite mug and let's dive into this season. Hello and welcome back to the Success Beyond Lens podcast. I am so stoked to have Jessica here today. She is a longtime client and friend of Success Beyond the Lens, and she is going to be talking about beginner photography today, some tips and tricks on how to get you started from hobbyist to pro. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. I, as I was putting together this season of the podcast, we've been working so much this, this summer together on like really giving your audience lots of good tips and knowledge and skills on becoming a photographer. So I was like, I have to have you on the podcast. Like you have (laughs) such good content. So tell us a little bit about your business, how you got started and what you're doing today. Okay. I've been a photographer for over 15 years, but I started full time when my first daughter was born. So I really wanted to make it a full time business, not just as a side hobby thing so that I could stay home with my kids. Uh, so that was, she's almost 13 now. So that was a long time ago. So I've been a momtographer for the last 13 years and it was a bumpy ride for the first several years because I really, I didn't have, there was no education out there like there is right now. There was no like online courses the way there is now. It's you go to college to learn that at that point, it wasn't like all the availability of things that are out now with all these courses and things that you can get from other photographers that have the experience. So now that I'm at that point where I have the experience, that's why I'm wanting to share with other photographers because I do weddings, I've done portraits, I've had an in-home studio, I've kind of been through all the things I feel like. So I'm just like ready to be here for others. I, I get message after message asking for years, like asking for help with this and that from other photographers. So I'm just ready to like give it all, tell them all I know. (laughs) What did you do before you became a photographer? I was a bank teller. (laughs) Okay. It was just a pretty easy but standard and boring job. (laughs) So I really like to keep busy and keep moving and meet new people and and do things and just bring joy to people really. So there's really not as many jobs out there that can really bring joy as much as photography, where you're literally making them smile. Like that's your job. (laughs) So did you have a passion for photography to drive you into that direction? Or why did you choose photography? So when I first started 
Well, before that, like back all the way when I was in high school, oh my goodness, several, several (laughs) years ago, uh, I did take a photography course, but I was mostly an artist. I drew and painted and like that was what I was actually going to go to school for was, and I did actually, I went to college majoring in art and then digital art and stuff, but that didn't go very far. I just wasn't feeling it. And then I kind of got a glimpse of a wedding photographer at one point, and then I actually asked, can I learn from you? And they actually said yes. (laughs) So I just learned like uh, the basics from them for just a a short minute. And then after that, it was kind of on my own and developing it all since. So how long were you solely a wedding photographer before you started doing family portraits? Probably only about a year and a half, maybe at the most. And do you still do wedding weddings right now? Yeah, that's actually my main specialty is weddings, engagements. I'll do senior portraits as my other specialty, but I do still do families and everything. I just don't, I actually don't do that as much as I do like focus on weddings and engagements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you understand. Okay. Awesome. So you have people coming to you asking you lots of questions about how to do this, how to get started. When you decided to launch the education side of your business, if you could choose one thing that they walk away with, what would that be? The loaded question, huh? (laughs) It is. Like there's so many things. (laughs) Uh. I'd say the most important thing is, I mean, this is kind of basic, but just not giving up on it. Like I have had photographers come to me and then a few months later, they just didn't, they literally just dropped out of doing it months later. Like they gave up so fast and I think they're just expecting for it just to click and and just be there and just be a business out of nowhere. But as soon as they realize how much is involved in the photography world and how much is involved in the social world with photography and like all the demands and all of the competition out there and stuff like that, I know it's very saturated, but at the same time, there are plenty of people out there that will go to you. They, it's just a matter of persistence. That's the thing that I really have been focusing on more actually with telling people who are coming to me, I'm just trying to let them know like, Hey, just, just keep going. You don't want to give up on this. You know, it's very important to keep going. It's really helpful to hear that because I feel like with any kind of, so before I was with Jen, I was trying to do like my own virtual assistant thing. And I hear all these success stories of like, yeah, within a couple months, I was completely booked. And, you know, same with like some photographers, it's like they quit their full-time job and all of a sudden they're booked completely. And you hear all those success stories and you're like, man, why isn't that happening to me? But that's not the way that it happens to everybody. You know, like you said, it takes persistence and patience and you just got to keep going with it because practice makes perfect and you keep going It'll it'll happen for you, but like you said, you can't just quit and and give up everything. So, I think that's really helpful um, to just keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, when you are wanting to help someone transition from like just getting started to really becoming a professional photographer, what are some of your your tips to get, to make that transition? Well, 
most important, I feel like, is you you really need to develop your skills. And I guess that's where people give up is because they didn't give a chance to develop their skills to uh, really have an enhanced portfolio. If you're just starting and you're like, hey, let's book a session and you just started and you have no idea what you're doing and you don't know how to get the aperture and all the other settings right. I mean, this is just new to you. I mean, obviously, or even if you do know that, but you're not very good at composition. I've known several photographers that are starting out who have all of the like manual settings down, but then their composition is like really laxing. Like they, they're not very good on that. So developing your skills is highly important in order to really do well. What if you are, like you say, develop your skills? You're a wedding and family portrait photographer, seniors. Do you do newborns still? I do occasionally, yes. So what if there's a pet photographer or landscape or, you know, any, any other type of photography? If they're just starting out, do you recommend that they just try any and all photography to get their skills down? Or should they stick with the type of photography that they want to advance with? That's a really good question. I would definitely stick to what you're good at or like what you want to do, Mm -hmm. not good at because you might not be good Mm -hmm. at it yet, but (laughs) what your heart leads to, what you really love doing. I kind of got into doing more than what I really wanted to do. And because people know that I do it, that's why they keep coming to me for it. And then I get asked to do things uh, like commercial things, you know, and that that's not something I have any interest in. Now, some mm-hmm. photographers out there, that's all they want to do. And with the newborns, there's photographers out there that that's all they want to do. And if you really just devote your time and effort into what you really want to do, you're going to enhance your skills so much faster, so much better, and become more of a specialist in that field. Even if the market is a little bit more saturated for wedding portraits or family portraits than it is like landscape, if they are not able to get as much experience with landscape or pet portraits, they should still just kind of go that route. Are you meaning... If they want to do landscape yeah. and pet portraits, but there's not as much out there for it, yeah. so they should do something more saturated. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. No, I would say the the more you... I've seen people push for a specific type of photography that you would not even think would be a thing. And they've made it a thing. Oh, yeah. And as long as they're really pushing for it, they're showing up, especially on show social media for it and showing what they can do and just keep enhancing your skills at that, keep getting better at that. It really does amazing. And then you grow an audience who specifically love that, love what you do. Mm -hmm. And then that's where you're going to generate your clients and, you know, like your social media standing, everything's Mm going to grow from there. So it it is very important to stick to what you want, even if it's not very saturated. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So what are some ways that you would recommend someone to develop their skills? Like what are some avenues they can try to, to start doing that? Yeah. So taking courses, obviously online, there's several photographers out there like me that are offering courses to learn how to develop your skills or learn the business like for a business to make a business out of it. 
But even just to get better at whether it's just learning the manual settings, learning composition, uh, or all kinds of things. There's there's several courses out there to really help you. And that's all I can, I can't stress enough to try. There's also workshops that you can physically go to. Uh, this might have to find like on Facebook is a good place to find these, like on Facebook groups. If you search photography, Facebook groups, uh, and then even specifically look for workshops. There are photographers out there that will host a workshop where you pay to go to work with them and they'll help you with photographing. Like they'll have a model or something that is going to be there and then they'll show you what they're doing. And then there's you and a group of other people in the workshop that are all shooting the same thing to help everyone all together. So that's a workshop. So I definitely, I definitely encourage that. And then uh, especially more for weddings, you can attend style shoots. This is something where it's kind of like a workshop, but there is no photographer teaching you what to do or how to do it. You are just going on your own. I mean, this is another thing you typically pay for to go to, but it's beautifully designed. All the vendors have already made everything wonderful. There's wonderful models. Everything's just gorgeous. And you just photograph what you want to photograph. You work with the model. This helps you really get used to working with people. If you haven't done that yet, that's really important because you need to work with people if you're going to get into the like wedding or portrait industry for sure. So it's like a staged wedding. It's not It's not a real wedding. It's just like staged and they have all the vendors in and everything. Yeah, exactly. And those are some of my favorite things to do because they're usually the most beautiful that you can go to. So it not only helps you learn and develop your skills, but it gives you an amazing portfolio mm-hmm. to share with clients. Like you can show them, hey, this is what I can do. And it actually can help you increase your pricing too. Because once you show how you shoot more luxury type weddings, then you can raise your prices to meet more of a luxury type pricing. Mm -hmm. And it gives you an opportunity to really make connections with vendors, you know, and make those vendor relationships too, which is so important to starting a photography business, especially in the wedding industry. Yeah, absolutely. So you touched base on a portfolio. How, How do you recommend building a portfolio if you're just starting out? Or even not just starting out, but like you're just trying to advance your prices or advance your abilities, I guess. Yeah. So I highly suggest like everything that you shoot. One mistake that I've seen photographers make is they just want to post everything, Mm -hmm. all the things that they shoot. Even in one session, they'll post all the photos that they shot. And I used to do that too. I had, this was before I had no idea. So (laughs) once I figured out that, well, you just, Find like your favorite images, find your best work from that session, from that wedding that you want people to see because you're so proud of it. Those are the images that you want to make your portfolio. And then you can put those images in a like folder that is going to be like your favorites folder or something that you can go back to whenever you need to pull it for social media or to put on your website and stuff like that. Jen actually knows this because she's been on those favorite folders of mine personally. So 
she knows that I keep all those together and I have them organized by like wedding and engagement or there's family. I keep them organized helps. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, organization is always key for sure. (laughs) But uh, whatever you're into for sure, just to build that portfolio, everything you do, just keep your favorites to show. And every once in a while, you'll get a client maybe that'll say, hey, can I see a full gallery of something? And then I'll just say, do you see a couple or a wedding or something like that, that you want to view a gallery of? And then I'll let them view it for a minute so they can see like my whole work. So Mm -hmm. You do want your whole day of work or all your session. You want it to be great, but you don't need to show all of that all at once. And how do you share, you know, if you don't have a lot of galleries, if you just have your portfolio, do you just share that via email with prospective clients? I actually like have my online site. I have it all like set up on my website Mm -hmm. where they can actually view all that. I also recommend blogs. I haven't done blogging for a hot minute, but the blogs are, you can put together like your favorites, your highlights of a wedding day or mm-hmm. your highlights of a session all in one thing. So there, if there's several of them, you might have a hundred favorites out of a thousand photos, you know, so yeah. I'm not, you don't have to have just three or four that you end up posting on social media. If you have a lot, I recommend making a blog so that when they want to see a lot more photos, you can show all these different blogs of these different galleries, like highlights of the galleries. Yeah. Okay. And blogging is also a great way to get backlinks for vendors to, again, continue that vendor relationship and your SEO. So the more blogs you do, the better your SEO is, the more you're using locations and venues and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. Absolutely. I actually, after a styled shoot, after a wedding, once I deliver the gallery to my clients, I actually also have a specific vendor email where I give them access to the gallery too, because Mm -hmm. they did a lot of hard work as well on that day. So I want to make sure that they can grab some photos that, especially the florists, the florists love it probably the most and decorators, you know, so there's several vendors that could really use the photos that you take. So it's wonderful to share it. And then they'll probably tag you too. So then that's even, you know, win-win. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So what are some other tips that you would have for, for someone getting started? You want to make sure like when when you definitely want to invest in this as a career, you're going to want to invest in good quality equipment. Uh, I have started with low, well, it was a professional camera, but it was like at the lower end of professional cameras. And I see other photographers that are doing that too. And that's totally fine. If you're getting started and you're just figuring all the things out. But if you want to do this as where you're really wanting to get paid good money for this, if this is what you want as like your career, then uh, you want to consider investing in a really good like camera body. And uh, the type of lenses that would be suitable for whatever genre that you're photographing, uh, lighting equipment and other accessories. It can be very pricey, though. So that's why you have to kind of budget it, maybe save up for it. Maybe you're doing some cheap photos for some friends while you're learning how to do the things you're just charging a small amount just to create that portfolio. But then once you've got the money for 
investing into it, then you're going to start charging those high dollar amounts. What are some options for someone that like they really want to get this started? Can people rent cameras? Do you recommend borrowing a camera? Like what before they can get the equipment, what is what are some avenues they can take to dip their toes into the water? That's a good question. Yes, you can rent. And I have actually suggested that to other photographers who weren't sure even just what brand to go with. They didn't know if they would like Canon or Nikon or Sony. Those are the like the top three brands. So they're not sure what to go with because they don't have the experience using them. So I say, you know, just rent each of them at different times and try out the different lenses and things like that. There's actually lots of rental companies online. They'll ship it to you. You ship it back. So you don't have to go to a place like the closest place I can rent from is an hour and a half or so away. So that's not happening. I would rather uh, them send it to me and I'll send it back. So and usually there's like a rental time of like over a weekend or for a whole week or something like that. So it'll give you plenty of time especially if you have sessions that you want to do within that time, or if you have weddings, you can just put them all within that time that you are renting your equipment so that you can get all of it in that time. Awesome. I love that. So obviously a camera is your number one piece of equipment. What other types of equipment would you recommend as a beginner? Like, do you need all of the lighting and all the other equipment that comes with it? Or what would you suggest as a beginner? Or does that also depend on what kind of photography you're going to do? Yeah, exactly. It really does. Because if you're wanting to be a natural light photographer, and you're just shooting outdoors, lighting isn't really something that you would want unless you there are outdoor photographers that prefer to have flash involved. And then that's like a whole setup itself. But the majority of the time, if you're a natural light photographer, you're outdoors, you don't need the lighting. So if you at least want to get started, I would just get started without the lighting. Unless you're going to shoot weddings, you're going to need it because at the reception is typically you're going to need some flash there. But the most important thing besides the camera to get is going to be the lenses. And then this will depend again, like on what kind of genre of photography you want to get into. So Like for what I do, my favorite lens to use for portraits and weddings is a 50 millimeter. And that's a prime lens. So that's all it goes. It doesn't, it's not a zoom. It can't go in or out. It's just 50 millimeter. But in my studio, I specifically prefer to use a 35 millimeter. I don't use anything but that. Uh, It gives a little bit wider shot so that I don't have to be so far back from my subject. But my favorite lens to use at a wedding when I need to like go back and forth a lot or, but I can't move around as much, you know, so I, it's just easier to use a zoom lens. So that would be a 2470, which that does go in and out. So it's just different circumstances, whatever you're going to do. But I'd say if you're getting started, I would either start with like a 35 or a 50. A lot of people are going to say they love their 85 millimeter. Those are probably the ones with that do take the best. I love my 85 probably the most, but I use it probably the least (laughs) amazingly. (laughs) So (laughs) just because the 50, like I can get kind of close without getting too close and I can get like the full body of people without having to go too far back, you know? So and then the 35 is just perfect for my studio. And the 2470, it's just very convenient. Now, if you're going to be a sports photographer, you're going to need 
a very expensive lens <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> like sports or even like animals and stuff like wildlife, all those kind of things, they have really, really long lenses that will, you know, zoom in so far. And that's why it's so expensive. And then if you're going to shoot flowers and bugs on flowers, then there's the macro lens. So then that's like super wide. So you can get up really close to that and get a really detailed shot of something so small. Are there any sources that our listeners can go to to learn all the different types of lenses? Or did you just learn this from your experience? A little of both. I mean, I obviously heard, well, try this lens and use this lens for that. And then I would do it. And then I've had quite a few of the lenses. And then once I've learned how the lenses work and what to use them for and what I like best, I mean, it's just a matter of working with them. Uh, then I knew. Yeah, like just trial and error. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But yeah, I I would definitely try the ones that you think though would fit your genre. You don't want to get a 50 millimeter, mm-hmm. millimeter lens if you're going to want to photograph sports or something, you know, so like anything like that, you, you want to make sure you're getting the right one for your what you're doing. Okay. So we know the creative side of photography, that's usually the funner side of your business. How do you take it from the fun creative side to actually making it a business? When it comes to the business side, there's so much, there's really so much to to it that people don't even realize. You will want to familiarize yourself with marketing and branding and pricing and contract creation and client management. And there are people and programs to go to for help with these things because it's not, it may not be something that you want to handle on your own. I mean, it was definitely not something that I was even able to do at first, but I kind of had to figure it out on my own because this was before, this is before I could really get any help at the time. So uh, now that there is so much out there. It doesn't usually come second nature to people too. So that, that usually takes a lot of research and help to figure out like, am I going the right way? You know, does my contract cover everything that I need to or insurance or client management or anything like that takes a lot of help. You can't just, I mean, you you can research and Google, but Google is a black hole. (laughs) You know, sometimes you get the wrong information. So, you know, I completely get that. Yeah. So there will be like legalities that you want to make sure you get right and maybe even setting up like your LLC or or whatever you want, like even starting your business and getting your business license and everything. I mean, there's all those things to start Mm -hmm. off with that people don't even know where to start. A lot of times your state will have its own page to help you start a business, like its own business page to get started. And I think that's how I figured everything out. But then I actually went to see an, an actual attorney that works in business with LLCs and stuff to get me started in that and helped me with creating my contracts and stuff. So I would definitely recommend getting the help needed for the business stuff for sure. And then if there's other things that you're struggling with, this is why I even have help from my amazing virtual assistant. (laughs) Uh, The whole marketing thing and sometimes even like help with managing clients and stuff. That's where 
they can come in to help. If that's a business side of things that you're not good at or you don't want to take on, then you can hire it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to get yourself in trouble before you even get started. So getting all those legalities out of the way, thats I would say that's a good way to yeah, go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's also important to develop a business plan to set some clear goals and establish your target market, uh, your pricing structure, and your marketing strategies. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful. And uh, especially with photography too, you'll want to learn about copyright laws. The clients will think that they need the copyrights release, but you're not going to give the copyrights release. You're going to give the print release. I actually didn't know this when I first started either. This was a thing I had to learn actually years later. It took me a while before I figured out the difference between those two things. But you also want to make sure that's clear to your client and they're agreeing to it before they are booked. So that's a legal agreement you want them to understand before actually getting booked is the difference between copyright and print right. Can you touch base on what the difference is? So copyright is where you're, as the photographer, you're signing over that image, images that you made, you're like giving them up, like they're not going to be yours. The other people are adopting those images and they're theirs now. Like you have no more rights to them. Mm -hmm. They're going to be theirs. But a print release instead of the copyrights release will give them rights to print and share on social media. They can print them with your with their print release in hand. But you as a photographer still have the right. So you can post them online. You can you know put them on your website. Uh, they're yours. So if you would sell the copyrights release though, if that's something you do want to do and you just want to hand over the images and be done with it, I mean, make sure that's clear to the client so they don't come back saying, hey, can you work on this some more? You're just like, no, that's not mine anymore. That's yours. <laughs> so, you know, oh, like it's, yeah. So point. you, or do you have a backup of those? No, I don't have a backup of them. I gave them to you. You have the release. So they're yours. But with the print release, typically a photographer is always going to have those images. So if anything happened, Mm -hmm. this has happened. Uh, My clients have lost their images one way or another over the years. And they come to me saying, hey, do you happen to still have those? And I'm like, yes, I do. So because I gave them a print release. So if your client just has a print release as a photographer, you already have the approval of the clients to be able to post it on social media, use it for marketing, advertising or anything, correct? And then if the client, if you give them copyright release, then you as the photographer cannot post them anywhere because they're not yours anymore. Right. Okay. I gotcha. So Jessica, I know that you kind of touched base on styled shoots and that's a great way to be able to look them up on Facebook to see if there's any around. Do you have any other tips for getting your name out there and able to get clients in for networking or collaborating is a really great idea? Like you say, with the style shoots to collaborate with the vendors and give them the photos and vice versa. Do you have any other tips on where people can reach out, where photographers can reach out to network? You can actually do your own collaborating with a specific type of vendors to create your own kind of thing without having to go 
to a styled shoot or to a workshop, you can reach out to like a clothing store vendor or a florist or anything like and create your own shoot. So you'll need maybe a model or Mm -hmm. someone that you know that can model for you to get like even hair and makeup and everything done. So then you're meeting with a hairstylist makeup. And those are people that also obviously are doing weddings regularly too. So then that's a wedding connection. But any of those type of vendors that you really want to work with, especially even venues, if you want to work with a venue, you can see if you can shoot a session or anything at that venue during one of their off days so that you can incorporate them in a shoot where you can send them pictures of their your work and then so you're still collaborating on your own you don't have to collaborate in a way of waiting for a style shooter or something like that yeah so it's just kind of a trade-off you just reach out to the vendor and like hey I'd love to take some pictures of you while you're doing hair and makeup if you're okay with me using it in my portfolio I'll give you the images to use for marketing or something like that like an easy trade-off yeah exactly now there may be some instances where especially with a florist, someone who like has to actually put, you know, like an investment into it. Now they may, and it, it can go either way. They may invest themselves to kind of donate it, or they may charge a fee. Maybe it'll be a discounted fee, but they may charge the photographer a fee in order to do it. So you might still pay something, but it won't be near as much as like what you'd pay to go to a styled shoot. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Now, just a one-off question. You are kind of getting a little bit into coaching. Do you ever see yourself quitting the photography side and only going into the coaching side? Or do you think for your long-term plan that you'll do both? Long-term, I may go more into, yeah, the digital products and coaching and kind of let go of photography. Mm -hmm. But for a while yet, I at least want to just to focus on weddings and seniors and not so much like all the other sessions that I do. I'm I'm actually like wanting to just work on the stuff that I specialize in that I love the most and still do like the coaching and stuff on the side. I only I prefer to only take like 15 to 20 weddings per year. Uh, some photographers mm-hmm. want to take like two per weekend for 50% of the year <laughs> or 80% of the year and it's crazy. Uh, I I really prefer quality over quantity. Like I don't think I could connect with my clients if I did that much. So I take a smaller amount. So I do have the time to still do my coaching and stuff as well. So that's why I want to just do those two and not uh, worry about all the other sessions. (laughs) Yeah. And it's important to keep that work-life balance in check too. Yeah. You don't want to spend way too much time focusing only on your business and not having any pleasurable lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. That is very important. Okay. So where can our audience hang out with you, get these tips, get some of your freebies? You've got so many good ones out right now. Where can we get all of that lovely information? Uh, If you go through my website, jessicalinayphoto.com, slash hello, that'll lead you to some main links to get to my freebies and other things that I offer. 
Also following me on Instagram would probably be the best way to keep up with all the things. I actually have so much coming out here very soon that I really don't want anyone to miss. So if you follow on Instagram, you won't miss a thing. Awesome. What about your beginner photography course and workbook? Yeah, so that is uh, coming back out here pretty soon. There is like a freebie of like 10 essential things to get you started. And if you go in to get that freebie, then you'll automatically be able to find out exactly when that course is coming out again. And that would be perfect to literally learn everything that we were just talking about. (laughs) And would they find that in the backslash hello website? They'll find the freebie for that and that backslash hello yes and mm-hmm. okay and the freebie will end up leading to getting you to the course okay cool awesome awesome well Jessica thank you so so much for coming on hanging out with us today sharing all of your incredible knowledge and skill sets we always like to kind of wrap up the podcast with our three questions so the first one is what is your favorite business tool oh my goodness there's so many. I would say I I mean probably my ca- my booking calendar that has saved me an enormous amount of time. I don't have to go back and forth with clients trying to get things booked. So my booking calendar, I use Calendly. I know you can do this on HoneyBook and I have a HoneyBook account, but I actually use Calendly. That is my favorite. That has to be my favorite thing because it has given me so much of my life back. And it's so easy to use and it just keeps up with my clients. It reminds them of their sessions. I have had so many less, like I hardly ever have a cancellation or a no show is almost like non-existent. I might have one a year at most. (laughs) So that used to be a common thing though. And I hear other photographers complaining about that, you know, like they'll book and then last minute cancellations or no so, no shows. And my clients don't really do that because I have this whole calendar system with reminders and everything in place. Yep, mm-hmm. it is. I love calendar. Okay, what is your favorite quote? Okay, well, it's not really so much to do with like my business or photography, I guess, but it can be. Everything happens for a reason. That is definitely a quote that I've lived by my whole life. <laughs> And I've got a broken foot right now. And <laughs> I'm still saying everything oh, no. happens for a reason. Yes. Yeah. A, not, not only just like <laughs> another thing you all see, if you follow me on Instagram, another thing you'll be able to see some fun videos of because I've got all these weddings oh, with, these, no. with this broken foot happening. So it's definitely fun. Do you have like a big boot on? I do. I can't put any weight on it. So oh, I'm on goodness. a new scooter and everything. And it's it's a whole thing for sure. <laughs> it's a process. But wow. here I am saying everything happens for a reason. And I truly believe it. <laughs> I love it. It's a good positive outlook. Yeah, I, I try. <laughs> um, all right. Last one. So I'm coming up to Ohio. We're going out to get drinks. It can be drinky drinks or coffee. Where are we going? And what are we having? So we don't have a whole lot around here where I'm at, but like my favorite place to go get a more of like a coffee drink is just at our local Planera because my favorite drink is the iced chai tea latte. And 
there. I can't, I've never even had any of their other drinks ever since I've had (laughs) that. I just can't have anything else. I love that. Hey, (laughs) I'm, I'm a big fan of Panera, so I'm down for it. I like it. Yeah. It's even better than my, the Starbucks drinks. I'll get a refresher there once in a while, but it's, it's all about the iced chai tea from Panera for sure. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Everybody will have all of the links from today's episode in our show notes. Uh, Definitely give her a follow up on Instagram. We've got lots of stuff coming out and we cannot wait for you to see it all. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on today. And I hope everyone has an awesome one. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week. Oh,